and welcome to Pen Pals Improv, the improvised celebration of letter writing, where we get two improvisers from around the world to come together to improvise a chain of letters between two characters. And today we have two great guests. But first, a bit of something from the history of letter writing. And um, I just would like to say that I get a lot of these letters from the website Letters of Notes. So if you haven't looked at that, it's well worth looking at where um, they collect together letters of importance from history. And today, um, we are in sort of February 2021, and recently um, a lander has just landed on Mars. So I thought I'd have something space related. So here's a letter from Buzz Aldrin um, in 1997, reflecting on his time landing on the moon. He says, dear Mr. Goldman, I'm writing to you to share some of my personal ideas and thoughts about my experiences related to the moon landing. I have often described the moon as a magnificent desolation its rocky horizon curved against the deep black of space, making it perfectly obvious that we were standing on a ball spinning through the universe. When I planted the American flag on the dusty surface of the moon, I had an unusual thought. A billion people were watching me on television. Human beings had never been farther away than we were, nor had more people thinking about them. He continues later on in the letter to think about where the future of um, space exploration might go. And he just said, he finishes by saying, regarding your questions of space exploration in 50 years, all of the rationales reduced me to one simple truth. We will walk on Mars in the spirit and wonder that sets our species apart. Sincerely, Buzz Aldrin, Apollo 11. Now, um, as currently we're stuck in our houses because of an international pa pandemic, the thought of exploration and one day walking on Mars and the exploratory nature of our and of our species seems like a good thing to remember. And that's why that letter has been said there. Okay. And now on with the episode, and I'd like to welcome today's great guests. Um, we have Kate Bell and Fiona Howard. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, Kate, can you tell me a bit about yourself, um, where you're based and what you've done with improv before. Yes, hello. Um, my name is Kate Bell and I am based in London, England. Um, and I am an actor, an improviser and voiceover artist. And my improv uh, history is, uh, yeah, it goes way back many, many years uh, to when I first did um, my uh, performance course um, with Steve Rowe at Hoopla many moons ago. I always say many moons ago because I can never remember exactly how many moons. Um, and uh, from there, that was brilliant. And I was found a member of all female uh, short form group, um, All Made Up. And uh, we uh, had a few years of great times doing loads of shows, loads of gigs, um, two runs, full runs of Edinburgh. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I had a bit of a kind of, you know, life gets in the way and that, that kind of all disbanded and um, had a bit of a break from improv. And then in the last kind of year or so, got back into it and it's been the perfect um uh, companion to the pandemic and lockdown really and being able to do these kind of global things where you meet people who you'd never have met before so easily has been absolutely great so yeah we're well back into it all and loving it so yeah that's wonderful um I think exactly the same the 
one of the great things about this podcast has been bringing people together um, who are far apart. This episode less so, but um, <laughs> with a couple of people in, uh, together in the UK. Um, Fiona, can you tell us a bit about yourself, where you're based and um, your history with improvisation? I mean, that is quite true because we, we are literally like 20 minutes apart, me and Kate. <laughs> Hello, my name is Fiona, uh, Fiona Howard. Uh, I am also from East London, originally from Manchester. Uh, in terms of improv history, um, I've actually, I'm, I have to always say the things that relatively new to improv. I'm coming up to my third year in doing improvisation. Um, essentially, my improv story of how I got into it, I run uh, a podcast, which is called What Am I Rolling, which is about role playing games. And what I started doing sort of on the side of that was interviewing game designers. And my big go to cool question was like, what's one tip? You would say for people to who are running your games and someone who I who I respected as a uh, as a game designer was like you should try improv classes and I was like that sounds like a really good idea I don't do things by half I'll do an eight week course with Hoopla <laughs> and then I've never looked back since um, and then I was coming up to sort of the final like final level as they always say I was like one week to go before I was qualified as a full long form improviser. And then lockdown happened and everything fell apart for like two weeks. And then again, uh, always a, always, I always think of him as the, the Velma who connects everything together. Uh, Steve Rowe was like, let's try some drop-in in, uh, online improv courses. And I just took to those and I've not really stopped since. And I met Kate through the improv place and we've been doing stuff together. We've, we're doing the, the Lost Youth Club social. We're doing all these little things together. And yeah, it's such a nice way to interact with improvisers even in like like I say like I joke that we're only 20 minutes before but I we, I don't think we would have met ever met otherwise really doing stuff like this and I never I was never one of those people that this would stay after a course per se I'd have like a half pint in the pub and then I'd leave because it was late whereas now I'm already in my own home it's great I don't I can just roll into bed straight after a class so it's all it's all good but yeah that's me that's great. Um, yeah, one of the I don't think you're you're far from the only person who says that improvisation and role playing games go together. Mm-hmm. Um, just last week, we had um, Hazel Dixon who designs um, role playing games on, and I know that a number of other people um, do both. And I think mm-hmm. it's a good crossover of that world. Great. Um, Kate, are you a letter writer? Um, or have you ever been a letter writer or letter receiver? Maybe. I mean, old school, like back in the day, I I think I always wanted a pen pal and I used to always think like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe this person will be my pen pal. And then it kind of never really came to anything or it fizzled out or I couldn't be bothered or whatever. Um, But, and, and it's like, I do, I I did used to like writing letters and of course receiving them. And that is, there's something really nice about getting a lot of posts back in the day, (laughs) a lot of posts, I was inundated by posts. No, but like, you know, getting letters through the door was a thing that used to happen, not so much anymore. So I'm a great email writer. I mean, I love a good uh, customer service email as well, like because I've worked in customer service as well. So I know how to write a good one. Um, uh, Yeah. So like I don't really write letters that much. I do quite a long thing in a card nowadays, like a birthday card or something like that. That's about as much letter writing as I do. It's all about the emails. 
Yeah, I think um, that the extended entry into a birthday card where you fill up every space on all sides <laughs> yeah. is, the, is the modern day version of a letter. Yeah, and it shows how much you care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's it. The more the more space that's filled up in a car, the more car, yeah. the more you feel you care about someone. I think that's true. Yeah. And I just want to say that anyone who I haven't done that with, I do still care about you. <laughs> um, and me. <laughs> this is, um, it's just a different way of sharing it. Um, Fiona, how about yourself? Are, are you someone who's um, written or re- received letters much in the past? Um, a bit like Kate, I used to love receiving letters, but I never got anything that was directly addressed to me. I used to get a lot of junk mail. I remember my first piece of junk mail at age seven, and it was like, I've won a dishwasher, and I was so excited. Um, and then my parents told me that I hadn't won a dishwasher. It was just a potential. And I was so upset because <laughs> I thought it was directly for me. Um, uh, in terms of like letter, actual letter writing, yeah, a bit like Kate in the sense of we had the like enforced organized fun at schools so that you have a pen pal and uh, I wrote to them and then they never wrote back. And so I did feel like my letter must have been of great offense um, and probably not of anything interest. I do like writing a good passive aggressive note or email. Um, because uh, obviously in the pandemic we're at home a lot more and we're all in our own dungeons so to speak and bless him my flatmate oh sometimes just a little note here and there just to say could you do the washing up all that sort of thing i've got quite a good tip but we for our new year's resolutions he made this big thing and i won't go into the context of this because i think it's funny without it he said i will stop eating cheesecakes three times a week um as you do and Obviously, we got about three weeks into it, and I noticed there was a cheesecake in the fridge. And obviously, I hadn't bought it, so I put a lot of sticky notes saying "Don't do it," "Think, think of the resolutions," all that sort of thing, and I just labelled them everywhere. And of course, two days later, I, you know, or, or at least a day later, I looked, and obviously, it'd gone. And it, they hadn't worked. So I, I'm definitely a passive-aggressive no- noter. I don't think there's much power in them, though. <laughs> I think a passive aggressive note around the house is a, is, is, is a different thing, but it's a, something that's good. But it, it's interesting. We haven't talked on the podcast about the junk mail and how great that was as a child. I remember also thinking that I had genuinely won £10,000 <laughs> and, and showing it to my mum and like, look, can we not just get this sorted? Can we not get this £10,000? And that's obviously continued into email, but I don't think it's quite the same. Like, I don't think the junk and spam mail you get on email because it just gets filtered and you it's mostly taken away and it's it's so obvious like 99% of the time it's so obviously mm-hmm. spam whereas to a child receiving like something tangible in your hands saying that you'd won 10,000 pounds was like so exciting <laughs> oh. oh the heartbreak of the realization that it's just junk mail and that everyone gets sent those is is that's tough yeah Oh God! I, now, I'm now thinking back to looking through those, on like they, my mum would bring in and like give my dad the letters that were, had to be dealt with, mostly bills, and moving them along. And then there'd always be a pile of stuff that was for nobody, and I'd be like, "That's mine. I'm having a look through that." <laughs> <laughs> and and then I'll then go, like, "This one? Is this one real? No, still not real." Oh, okay. <laughs> That's um, a good way of thinking. What about this check? <laughs> big one. A real check? Oh, yeah. this, 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 this book subscription with the book people sounds amazing. It says that it's the cheapest way to get books delivered to your house. Like, why, why are we not doing this? Um, yeah. uh, 
<laughs> I'm just thinking about my own innocence now. No, I, I honestly, it brings back haunting memories. And now, obviously, when you get mail, like we get, we get junk mail from people who used to live here before us. But a lot of it is um, inheritance tax stuff or funeral services, which is very depressing. And I don't, yeah, I don't like that as junk mail. I want, I want the dishwasher back. <laughs> yeah. I don't want someone saying telling me how to that like that I should be getting inheritance. Yeah, sort out your inheritance. No. That is a bad, that's a bad oh. point to be in life. Oh. Not, not received it yet. So like maybe a few more years. Oh. <laughs> Great. Um, on with um, your scenario now. So scenario you and you two. It's the 1800s. Um, you are two gentlewomen um, who are friends, um, but have been separated because you've gone off to live in different towns. Um, let's say Kate, you have ended up living um, in the north of England, which isn't where you're from. Um, your husband has gone off to Eastern Europe to deal with a um, count, shall we say, who happens to be um, sell, trying to buy a house in the UK. It's a stormy night and you're in the house all alone. And you're really worried about what this storm might be meaning. And you, so you send a letter to your friend um, about what your thoughts are about this storm in this house. Okay. Whenever you're ready, let's hear from this week's pen pals. Dearest Mildred, I hope this letter finds you well. I hope it gets to you. I say this because it is such a dark and stormy night and I'm all alone. I will admit, Mildred, I'm very scared. This house is very big and there's definitely a lot of funny noises going on around here. Patrick is, is, uh, is not here. He's, he's off in Eastern Europe. He's off seeing a count about buying a house. So I'm here, left alone. He, he asked me, of course, will I be okay? And of course I said yes, but these nights alone are very, very lonely and scary when the weather outside is so stormy. I can hear the water of the rain crashing down on the windows and the wind is howling through this big airy house. So very big for one person. I'm sorry, Mildred, how are you? It's at times like this. I really do miss you. When I think back of our days together, it was so easy for us to see each other. But now, me north, you south, it's very difficult indeed. I 
actually think that I just heard a bang. I'm sure it's just the wind. I must go and light some more candles. I'm sorry, Mildred, not really much to say to you at this point. I almost think I wrote to you for comfort. Your sincerely, Penelope. My dearest Penelope, I admit I wasn't expecting your letter. Um, it's so good to hear from you. I, I'm well, the children are well. Uh, Dennis says hello. Um, I'm sorry to hear you're having such a awful time of late. I agree, it must be lonely without your partner there. Um, and I know the North is a strange place, or so I've heard. I feel, do you not have any, um, any servants that could stay with you? Uh, a, a house, uh, a housekeeper or something? They must be quite frightful. I mean, from what you said about the, the house previously, it sounds, well, two wings, gosh. Impressive. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure Patrick won't be long. Um, you hear all sorts of things about Eastern Europe um, these times. I uh, I obviously never been myself. I asked Dennis what he thought of the whole matter. Uh, he said he'd you know he'd look into it. He's got a few people down at the archives that could could suss out anything. So uh, that's some comfort, I guess. I hope you've heard from Patrick. I hope he's keeping you up to date with his uh, his uh, appointments. And I hope he returns home soon. It's rather queer, though. We don't get much bad weather down here being south. But again, being north or here, well, it's at this time of year, Yorkshire is quite a, well, they say it's like a damp cloth <laughs> over the landscape. Just, I would insist that if you don't have any um, housekeepers or, or servants just to keep you company, maybe a, 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 a groundskeeper, perhaps, um, or, or, or some sort of security. It would seem, it does seem quite odd that Patrick would leave you on the, your own like that without some sort of protection. Um, just anything, just to make sure the windows were barred at night. It sounds like maybe there's a loose, uh, a loose window open maybe on the third floor perhaps or even the attic uh, anyway it doesn't matter how are you like what what are you up to i mean how do you feel your days i mean so soon after the wedding you must have lots to do i'm just looking after the children you know how they are three under five but they they keep me company and and dennis you know working at the archive it's all good I do hope at some point, um, if you're willing, I, I can come visit. Um, I, I'm, I could leave the children with Dennis, but you know, they're a bit young just now and not, 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 I don't trust Dennis with it, but he's got very important work, you know. Anyway, look, Penelope, no, I'm Penelope. No, sorry, start that again. Penelope, I will, look, Keep me updated. I, it's nice to hear how you've been getting on. And don't forget, I, I'm always here, should you need someone. 
Yours sincerely, Mildred. Dearest Mildred, how lovely it was to hear from you. Oh, what a different, different letter this is. Well, a little bit different. The weather, the storm has passed and the sun, the sun is trying to get through the clouds and it's another day. It was so lovely to hear from you. It's so nice to think of you and the children and Dennis. Although Dennis sounds again like he's always at work and I know he's got a very important job and obviously, you know, your place is in the home with the children, but I don't know. Sometimes I do wonder whether his work is, is, is uh, too important to him. Forgive me for saying that. And who am I to talk with Patrick still in Eastern Europe? If, I, if I'm honest with you, Mildred, it, I am concerned. You're right. I should have a housekeeper or a groundskeeper. Of course I should. Why didn't he organise that? He said he was going to. And here we are three weeks later and I'm still yet to hear about one. I do need somebody to keep me company, even if it's someone to boss about or to go and get me some wine. <laughs> oh, Mildred, I really do want you to come and visit. I mean, there's enough room here, isn't there, for you? Yes, leave the children there with Dennis. It would be nice if he could make himself useful, useful looking after the children, and yes, useful if he does have some connections so that he can move along this whole house um, buying thing in Eastern Europe. I know I'm being very generalised about Eastern Europe. I believe it's Bulgaria where uh, Patrick is. Apparently that's the place to do business with houses. <sighs> There's a count there, Count Bulgari. Yes. He is the, the most important count when it comes to property, apparently. I mean, I don't know. I can't keep up. How am I, you ask? Bored. Bored, bored, bored. I mean, I've got a friend. My friend is the sherry decanter. <laughs> yes, OK, I may have had a little too much sherry already today. But what else is one to do? I had a walk down by the rocky, rocky coastline. It really is choppy, that sea. That's what you get up to north. <laughs> That's how they say it up here. Oh, they're very friendly with their flat caps and whippets. It's, it's, it's very, it's very quaint. It's very quaint. So... Yes, Patrick, I did hear from him very briefly. He sent me a very brief letter. Basically, he's having a whale of a time and hopes that I'm doing okay and he'll be in touch. Oh, dear. And here I am, bored. And you say, 
about the attic and about the windows. I must have bars on the windows or keep the windows secure. You're right, you know, because that attic, the door to that attic, I can't find the key for, and the door is closed. It's a bit of a mystery, to be honest. I asked Patrick, but he changed the subject. The last time he was here, before he went to Bulgaria. It is a mystery, and I am sure that sometimes I do hear a noise coming from the attic, but sometimes I think I'm just imagining it being here on my own. Anyway, I must get out into the garden, try and get a bit of air again. Until I get a groundsman, I'll have to do some stuff myself, I suppose. I mean, I don't know. The end of a blade of grass from the end of a leek. Anyway, it's all fun, isn't it? Got to keep myself occupied somehow. Tell me of your news and tell me of the children. And it must be such fun. They must entertain you so. Love to Dennis. Yours sincerely, Penelope. Dearest Penelope, thank you for your letter. I, again, such a joy to, to receive. I did have to snatch it out of young Maxime's hands as she had her hand on it saying, oh, it's for me, Mama, it's for me. And I was like, no, no, it's definitely for me. All is well, um, so to speak. Uh, the children, uh, they, they are enjoying their studies. I actually hired a governess because, well, you know me, I was not very, very good at our studies when we were together. So Dennis is spending a lot more time at the archive. I did have a word with him after your last uh, missive. You were, you were right. Um, I explained to him the importance of sharing the, the load and how I wanted him to be as uh, an important role model in all three of the children's lives. And he said he would consider my points and then promptly spent quite a long time at the archive. Hmm. But I've made a consideration myself. I've worked out that maybe in a month or so time, I can at least get some funds together and be able to make myself available to be a companion of sorts, should you wish it. Um, needly say the word and I will get my resources together and I will make trip. I'm sure it will be fine with Patrick and I do have, I have almost like an army, I guess, of housekeepers and staff that could take care of the children. I feel this is important to me to make sure that you are okay. I, again, not want to pry, but I will admit the name of the Count, Count Bulgari, or Bulgari, I, I, your letter is the spelling I, I cannot pronounce, but um, Bulgaria. I did ask um, Dennis about that. And he said there was some note of account um, a long time ago, but the last sort of known mentions of this count was well, well over 300, 400 years ago. And he even showed me in this huge book of sort of ancestry that the line stopped. And so there'd been no mentions of any counts from that lineage for, well, for a long time. Now, I'm sure I sort of mis must have misread it or, or there's some miscommunication, but it, it just struck a funny chord that no such person exists just now. I'm sure 
it was a mistake. I'm sure there's just some, you know, miscommunication between letters and stuff. It does feel like Patrick has been away for quite a long time and yet has not responded properly to your letters. Now, again, not one to pry, because obviously that is your business as the stuff with Dennis is my business, but I wish he would take your concerns as seriously as I would. The attic and the key. Hmm. I, I would say snoop into the drawers a bit. I know, well, Patrick, you said he had a, a study of some sort, maybe in there. Maybe if, oh, you could proper go through the bookcase, see if it's one of those hidden books with a, a sleeve in it. Oh, I've read way too many of these uh, mystery novels, I know. <laughs> My head is away with the fairies. But I, I'm glad that you're getting out and getting the air. And <laughs> it did make me smile that you said your best friend was the sherry decanter. Mine's the port. <laughs> yes, just, but look, just let me know and I can, I can get, get things in, in order and I can make way to come and keep you company, at least for a little while. I wouldn't, wouldn't want you to be on your own too much. And if, if needed, um, in the meantime, I could uh, ask around, um, I know quite a few families who do have governesses or, or have records of these things and uh, could send you up some stuff uh, that you could always interview and stuff. Something to keep you busy, perhaps. But on, only if you wish to. Again, I, I assume you're OK, but if not, just say the word. Just, yeah, I'm glad things are, I'm glad things are better. Yours sincerely, Mildred. Dearest Mildred, oh, I cannot contain my excitement of the thought that you could very soon be coming here to visit me. And yes, 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 I wholeheartedly want you to come and do that. So make arrangements, make arrangements as swiftly as possible to come and stay with me. That has made my week. You know what? It's made my year. I just want you to come as soon as possible because... There's still no sign, still no sign of Patrick coming back anytime soon. It was very weird, actually, because the other day there was a knock on the door and, and I answered it and uh, there was a lady there and she asked, is Patrick there? And I said, well, no, he's in Bulgaria and who can I say is calling? And she said, oh, I am the new um, housekeeper. And I thought, well, maybe Patrick had made arrangements after all, and he was keeping it as a surprise. And how lovely and, and how, you know, perfect timing. So um, I just, I asked her a few questions and she seemed, she seemed a lovely, lovely lady. Um, Katia, her name is. And uh, she came in and we had a sherry. <laughs> it started off as a cup of tea and we really did get on well chatting. Um, and then the, uh, the old uh, sherry came out. And uh, yeah, she, she's a lovely, lovely lady. And, and at the moment she's, um, 
she's going to be our housekeeper. Yeah, so at least I've got her keeping me company. But again, it's a very big house and I do want my dear, 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 dear friend Penelope to come. It's not quite the same. She She's a lovely lady, but she, she's at times quite cold suddenly. It, it is strange. And she... And she insisted on taking the room nearest to the attic. I said, that's absolutely fine. Hmm. She's a lovely lady, though. A lovely, lovely lady. Very, very odd what you should say about Count Bulgari. And that the last time he was heard of was three to four hundred years ago and he doesn't exist. That that definitely must be a mistake. Maybe I've got his name wrong. I mean, I do get things wrong. Patrick's telling me all the time I get things muddled up. So it must be somebody else because he's definitely there doing very important business. I just hope it's all worth it. Anyway, the kiddies, I'm so, so happy that you hired a governess. That's lovely. And that you've got lots and lots and lots of people to to uh, look after the children. And, and it's so lovely. Maxine, oh, she's so inquisitive, isn't she? Oh, bless her. I do miss you. And yes, I've been filling my days either chatting to Katia helping her cook a few things. I, she taught me how to bake some bread. That was lovely. Um, but yes, I feel like I can only talk to her for a little while and then she almost shuts off. And then I don't see her for the rest of the day because it's such a big house, you know, and she gets on and the house is looking quite tidy, so I can't complain. Oh, I'm going to go out now for a walk. And if you could maybe uh, uh, ask Dennis, just make sure of uh, that Count Bulgari. Just think, ask him if there is another count in Bulgaria, um, a really important one that deals with property that Patrick must be doing dealings with. That would be really helpful just so that I can confirm because Patrick isn't really getting back to me, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> Oh, well, I'll just pour myself another sherry. <sighs> yes, hopefully this will set the ball rolling in you coming to visit me in just a couple of weeks time. I'm so excited. Yours sincerely, Penelope. My dearest Penelope. I'm... I'm so sorry I had to cut uh, my sh I'm so sorry I had to cut my visit short. I hope the few days I did spend there were a comfort to you. Um, Maxime is fine. Um, when I got the news from Dennis that she'd fallen from her horse, obviously I couldn't not go back. She's fine. Hopefully the fever will break soon. It's a... It's a quiet house just now. No um, children laughing, all very cautious, like they're on eggshells around me as I just sit 
writing this from her bedside. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to say goodbye properly. I hope, I hope Katia did that for me. Penelope, I have to tell you something and I wish I could be there in person, but and I hope you take no offense at this, but I don't think Katia is who she says she is. Again, I when I was arrived and stuff and we had that wonderful talk together, she sort of stood back uh, as her role as housekeeper. I thought I'd ask her a few questions and I, I got the same feeling that you did. After a while, it was almost as if she wasn't fully present, fully there. Almost like a reflection, just bouncing off what I wanted to hear. I asked her how Patrick had found her and, and, and had recommended her and all that sort of thing, just generally being inquisitive and stuff. And well, I found her answers to be unsatisfactory, but I didn't want to push it. You know, me being the guest in your, yours and Patrick's household. I heard noises that night. I, I couldn't sleep well, you know, being in a new place and all. And I heard something in the hallway, like, um, almost like a whispered conversation, maybe one-sided. It was a little bit further to hear. I lit a candle and I tried to listen at the door. And then as I peeked out, the floorboard beneath me creaked. And when I looked out properly into the hallway, there was no one there. And again, not that I want to make assumptions or anything, but I believe the noise came from where Katia's room was. The next day, the next morning, we, you know, we were sorting out breakfast and stuff. And I know you had to go off and just do a few things around town. So I offered to help Katia in the kitchen as we were sort of cutting the vegetables up. And I, again, asked more questions, more things about her, you know, her, her life before here and like why she had traveled to England. The way she was cutting the vegetables, slow, methodically, she wasn't even looking at them. Just looking straight ahead and up for a moment, there was a moment where I thought she was going to cut I reached out to sort of get her attention to stop it. And she grabbed my hand and looked me straight into the eyes. These sort of deep, dark pools. I stared into her and nothing stared back. And she said something that like, chilled me to the bone. She told me, that she, she told me that my youngest was in trouble and I must go to them. I, I said I didn't understand it and she started to hurt my arm. And at that very moment, the bell went. And that's when, well, that's when the letter arrived from Dennis. 
I had to pack my bags immediately and left. And I told Katya to tell you my reason for going. Maybe, again, not to intrude. Maybe you should come stay with us for a bit. I could definitely use some sort of comfort down here with Maxime. Dennis is looking very hard at finding some more stuff on this count. Nothing so much yet, but I'm... I think you should get out of that house. Something is not right there. And I don't feel... You shouldn't stay there. Much love, Mildred. Dear Mildred, I have intercepted your letter as I'm afraid I have some bad news about Penelope. There was a tragic accident last night in the house. I'm afraid Penelope passed away. I must say, it was lovely to have you staying here and I'm sure Penelope took great comfort from it and it was such a shame that you had to leave so suddenly. I would say, I think you do ask too many questions though. This will be your last letter as Penelope is no longer with us. Your sincerely, Katia. And that was the last letter that Mildred ever received. No one ever heard from Patrick again. No one ever heard from Penelope again. And Katya was never seen in that house. Nobody knew what happened in that house. It was just empty for years until it was in disrepair and someone went to visit and discovered the letters from Mildred. this week's pen pals <laughs> thank you very much kate and fiona so just before we finish um kate you mentioned earlier on you're doing something on the improv place but the two of you are doing something on the improv place called the lost youth club Can you tell us a little bit about that before you go yes i'm just getting over the story i mean i'm just on the edge of my own seat <laughs> <laughs> um oh okay i'm just gonna get out of uh that, that yeah so take a moment i can't just flip like that you know <laughs> we've gone from you know 
I want to. I want to read the fan fiction filling in the gaps. I'm in shock. <laughs> I love it. I love that it's like I always like head funny first, and that just went in like a complete <laughs> not the direction. I loved it. Anyway, yes. Yeah, sorry, because listeners, you will probably want to go now. Um, we on the improv place um, run um, a social on a Thursday night, an hour, 9.15 to 10.15, called Lost Youth Club. And it's just a chance to chat, listen to some music, talk more rubbish than we normally talk um, when we have an improv workshop. You're catching like hellos and goodbyes and tiny little chats at the beginning and ends of workshops. And I just wanted to make a place um, that we could just spend time doing that. And we play silly games and do silly things. And it's just a chance to like let off some steam and let your hair down perfect that sounds like a, a, the sort of thing that this world needs right now um uh, and where else can people find you on the internet if you want to be found where do you want to be found um instagram uh i i'm um at kate bell actor um i'm uh, also soon to be launching my uh new website as well and it will be all made up improv um and uh, and you can and that's on insta as well um and i have a character called pixie malone comedy character at pixie malone i mean you know all of that and on facebook um at uh yeah kate bell as well great um and fiona you said earlier on that you had a podcast where can people find that and where can people find you uh, so when I'm not getting random letters back from people that I've written about, which is like proper high school feeler there, like, you know, <laughs> um, so you can find me on two podcasts. So the main one I run is the What Am I Rolling podcast, which is a twice monthly RPG one shot podcast where we do everything from sort of fate systems, Call of Cthulhu, like the you can't see it because it's an audio podcast, but the back, the bookcase behind me is filled with books I've not read that I need to read and to do this podcast. Um, it's a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, the other podcast I've started doing during lockdown is the DMs Book Club. So if you really are into your Dungeons and Dragons, you like that little bit of lore, come join us on that. It's a weekly book club format, a weekly book club format, uh, where we take some Dungeons and Dragons and see how we can put it into our role playing campaigns, whether it's about giants, mind flayers, how to use sidekicks. Uh, we did recently one on puzzles. Because who loves a good puzzle? Not me. But it's fine. <laughs> so highly recommend both of those. And you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at unspeakably Fiona, um, where I post a picture every day about how my life is going. And fun fact, it goes up and down. If you want to read it, it's fine. <laughs> but uh, follow along there at, at unspeakably Fiona on Instagram. Wonderful. And um, thank you very much. Um, for doing the show both of you that was a wonderful episode of pen pals improv and everyone listening keep writing letters to people thank you for listening to pen pals improv the improvised celebration of letter writing your host today was owen scrivens and your guests were kate bell and fiona howard the music was written and performed by matthew nicholson if you have enjoyed listening to this please tell your friends about it maybe in a letter and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget Keep writing letters to people.